Welcome to another Make It Matter moment. We have Dr. Roberta Wilburn, Wilburn with us today. Sorry about that. Uh, our uh, featured author today. I'm excited about this conversation because Dr. Wilburn, uh, if you have not read her chapter yet, talks about uh, diversity and inclusion. So we're talking about making your inclusion matter. So Dr. Wilburn, I want to give you an opportunity to go ahead and introduce yourself, tell people who you are and how you got started doing what you do. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. And I am just really absolutely excited about this project. It is just amazing. So I'm Dr. Roberta Wilburn, and I'm an award-winning diversity inclusion expert. And what I do is I champion diversity, equity, inclusion, while inviting people to enhance their intercultural skills by building authentic relationships with people from diverse backgrounds. And I do this because I want to promote um, greater cross-cultural understanding. And you know, right now we're living in a world where there's a lot of hostility and animosity between different groups but we've got to do something to change that. And that's one of the things that I do. And so I'm an author, I'm a diversity trainer, I do cultural coaching um, and I advocate for social justice, but racial justice uh, spe specifically. But I really want to work with people who are serious about uncovering their um, personal hidden biases and building their intercultural understanding and skills and doing the necessary work um, to be more culturally sensitive and responsive. Because there are a lot of people who say they wanna do, you know, they're about diversity, equity, inclusion, and they support Black Lives Matter, but they really don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing things just to say, hey, I, hey, I have a black friend. <laughs> you, 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 know, right, right, you know that, right. but that is not enough. So I really want to work with people who want to make a difference in this particular area. And so I got involved in this. Um, actually, I guess it's it's been a lifelong work. I've always been passionate about helping people who have been marginalized, people who have been... Um, consider it less than whether it was children with special needs or um, black people, Latino people, immigrants, refugees, um, that really pulls on my, tugs on my heartstrings. And so that's something that, that, that I take very seriously, but also because of the fact that I have been marginalized myself. I know what it feels like um, to be called the N-word, to say that you can't have a position because you're a female or those kinds of things. And so I want to do whatever I can to eradicate those situations and to help other people who are marginalized to feel empowered and those who have privilege to help them use their privilege in positive ways to help those who don't. Awesome. So that's just a little bit about me. Oh, you know, awesome. A lot of things I want to get to in that. Uh, but first, what was it about, you talked about people who talk about it, people who do the work. What was it that drew you into actually doing the work? Like, how did you get, is that something you went to school for, always wanted to do? Like, were you just... 
out picking in one day and how did you get drafted <laughs> in, oh, into this thing well you know i you know i grew up in the 60s and so i was around you know with the say it loud black and i'm proud you mm -hmm. know kind of thing and i saw the work of dr martin luther king jr and i believe that he really was a significant motivator for me because I was in elementary school and I, you know, remember watching TV with my dad and all of these thousands of people who were following a black man and they weren't acting silly like JJ, right. you know, that was back in the, you know, <laughs> the, the day doing something, something silly or dumb. Right. But he commanded people and he was about not only helping himself, but helping others. And he was highly educated. He was a man of faith. And he was an advocate for those who were marginalized. And so I think I would say, I like to say that his dream became my dream. Awesome. And so when I went to school, I went to school and I've always wanted to teach since the time I was very young. And then, but I ended up going into special education. And I think I was driven that way because when I was in high school, I was president of Future Teachers Club of America and, and I went to volunteer at an elementary school to do my you know, community service. And I volunteered and I worked and I was assigned to a kindergarten teacher. And I was so excited because I was like, oh yeah, this is my first opportunity to get to interact with kids. And she said, here, I want you to work with this kid. All I want you to do is keep him out of my way. He can't learn, he can't do anything. Keep just just keep him occupied. And I was like, and this was a little white boy, so it wasn't okay. even about race, okay? And I was like, he's kinder in kindergarten and he's been written off already. already. And so I started working with him. And after a while, the teacher was like, oh my gosh, he can do some of the same things the other kids did. And so that got me into special education. And so I got a degree into in special education. And then I moved on and I got into, I really got into higher ed because that's also been a passion, but I've always been interested and fascinated by cultures from the time I was in elementary school. I grew up in New York. And so okay. New York, it's a melting melting pot, what we used right? to call the melting pot. It was just right, so right. many different diverse peoples. And so I think that just really um, gave me an affinity for that. And as I began to see how people of color particularly were, and Black people were being marginalized, then I started studying myself and I started um, making opportunities for me to connect with other people and to do the work. Another thing you talked about, you you mentioned is uh, privilege, and you know we hear that word a lot. And uh, you know, I it, it just it's not there's not just white privilege, but there's male privilege. There's you know there's all there's kinds, all kinds of, privilege. of privilege, right? All exactly. kinds of privilege. And I you know, and I, I kind of want you to talk a little bit about 
that in the sense that I, I believe is my personal belief privilege. You know, I think that we've right or wrong. Some people start to hear the word privilege and think, oh, it's just a bad thing. And, and so they become defensive when you try to tell them they have a privilege. I don't have a privilege, but privilege, you know, I don't believe people who have privilege necessarily should give up privilege. I don't expect anyone to have a privilege. That's just not human nature to give up a privilege. But you talked about recognizing that privilege and being able to uh, understand that you do have a privilege and trying to use that to help other people. How do you navigate that privilege conversation? Am I off base? So how do you talk about privilege with people? Is it something that they should uh, just get rid of? Or, or do you feel like it is something that you need to understand you have and use it to help other people too? I think people, everyone needs to understand. I, I think there's such um, a stigma associated to it because people talk about white privilege. Mm -hmm. And when they hear the term white privilege, then white people become very defensive because it's assumed that it means that it's bad. And no, it's not bad. Everyone has some type of privilege. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things when I'm doing my teaching is I try to help people to understand that everyone has privilege. And so I start just by talking about how many people in the room are right-handed and they'll raise their hand. And then how many people in the room are left-handed and then a few people are in the room. And I talked about the fact that the world in general is built for right-handed people. Absolutely. And so that is a privilege. privilege. And we talked about how even in schools, you, you know, in college or whatever, there are very few left-handed desks. They're not mm -hmm. scissors and, and those ki kinds of things. And when we talk about that, that's a privilege. But, we all, but I also talk about if you have a privilege, how can you use your privilege to benefit someone who doesn't have it? Right, right. And so I personally have done that because for the last 14 years, uh, I just kind of retired from high, higher education. I have been working at a um, predominantly white university. And what I did was I used my positionality to enhance other people of color. And so I try, I worked hard on um, increasing the enrollment of students of color, hiring more faculty of color. So I used the privilege that I had to benefit others opposed to saying, I am Dr. Wilburn and <laughs> too bad for you. I got it, you get it yourself. Right, you know, right. so we, uh, so, and it wasn't about me giving up what I had, but it was using, realizing that God blessed me so that I can be a blessing to others. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to ask, you now. you are, and I'll ask all of our authors the same question. If you were to talk to your 18 year old self and you were to give yourself some advice or an 18 year old person uh, now and give them some advice on how to better prepare to travel the road you've had to travel, uh, what would you give, what kind of advice would you give them as it pertains to uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion? Number one, um, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and build authentic relationships with people who are different from yourself. Awesome. And that once you have built those relationships, um, stay connected with them. 
because that's one of the things that when I look back on my life that I can say I have some regrets about because there's some great people who I have connected with in my international travels and things like that. And I have lost connection with them. And that really bothers me. And some of them I've been trying to connect with and that has not worked. Although recently this, you know, this has been really interesting. When I was in high school, not in high school, in elementary school, there was a one, there was a Hawaiian teacher who taught Hawaiian dance and she had a son. And so I just recently was thinking about her when I was writing my chapter about how my cultural journey and affinity began. And I look back in that first grade, that elementary school and those connections. And I said, you know, whatever happened to so-and-so? And I actually looked up my Hawaiian teacher's son and recently connected with him. Wow. Wow. And we actually had a conversation talking about what was his experience as a Hawaiian student growing up in this predominantly, I guess, African-American community um, back then and looking at how his perceptions were different from my own. And so that's one of the things that I say is relationship, relationship, relationship. That's the key to what I always talk about, getting real about diversity, equity, inclusion, because so many people are fake, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. and you, they're just fake. And so if you want to be real, you have to make real connections. It's about making those heart and soul connections with other people. And I believe that if you can make heart and soul connections with other people, that we would not have the, um, hatred and animosity that you see in this country right now. And don't be afraid when someone says they think different from you. Right. Right. Because just because they think different from you, you need to ask them why they think that way. Awesome, awesome. That was, that was very good, very powerful. So let me just jump in. I mean, if you all guys haven't read her chapter yet in the book, I mean, and this is no slight to any other chapter, but this one was really one that kind of really, when I read, it, I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of research and and know a lot about DEI and what it really is. So your your chapter really taught me uh, more than I had known from a lot of other stuff that was in the book too. So I I, I, mean, I was encouraged by your chapter. So I just want to throw that in Thank there. You. Absolutely. So what what we're talking about impact and fulfillment in this book, what does fulfillment look like for you? So if you were high, what would make you feel fulfilled in, in your work? What, what does that fulfillment look like? Fulfillment to me is legacy. It's doing things that are going to have, like you said, a lasting impact. And a lot of times you don't know the impact that you're going to have because sometimes it is way after you're, you're gone or whatever, but it is doing the best you can following. And for me, because I am a very spiritual person, it's following the leading of the Lord. What is he telling me to do and how is he telling me to do it and making sure that I help other people along the way, having a spirit of humility. And for me also, I am a grandparent. 
I have two grandsons and I have one that's getting ready to become any minute. So I'm about to have number three okay. in any minute now. And so I am really um, passionate about trying to make changes in this world so I don't have to worry about my Black grandsons walking down the street holding candle candy wearing a hoodie and some, because one of my grandsons he loves to wear his hoodies you know and he lives in mississippi and that scares me yeah yeah you know so i want to do whatever i can to uh, impact the relationships between cultural groups particularly black and white so that I don't have to worry about my grandsons, that they can have a life where they can enjoy being who they are without having to worry if they're going to be attacked just because of the color of their skin. Wow. Yeah. So, Deep, I have a son who's uh, he just turned 18 and uh, he's a freshman in college, though. And same thing. I mean, it's just it's a unsettling fear. <laughs> when your kids go out the house that I think that, you know, other people don't have to worry about and take for mm -hmm. granted how that really impacts us as parents and grandparents that you just every day never know if you're going to get that phone call that it was your child is about to become a hashtag. So um, definitely that that's deep. What, um, what was it about this project that you decided I wanted to be a part of this project and share my message and my story with this project? Uh, and what is it that you want people to be most impacted by from your work through the Make It Matter project? I was very excited about the project because it is driven by people that look like me. Awesome. Okay. And I believe that it is very important for us as Black people, the people of color, that we get our stories out there in a way that is representative of who we are and that our stories are told by us, not by someone else, because when we look at history, I'm an educator. So when I look at history, I always talk about how history has been sanitized, which means that all of the negative things have been taken out. And so that's why people always say, I can't understand why black people are always making a big deal about this, that, and the other. Why? Because they don't understand. They don't have his, what I would call historical empathy. Mm -hmm. They haven't learned truly what our history was like so then they can't empathize with us mm -hmm. and so this was an opportunity and i love the title make it matter because i that's what i believe i believe that we've got to take things and start making them matter not just being superficial right but really going deeper into the realities of what's happening plus i really love that this is a holistic project we've got the book we've got the 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 course we've got the film coming up and i was like yeah. oh my god this is awesome and not only that the people who are working like-minded we're not what we're all in different areas but highly educated highly professional yeah absolutely and that is just so exciting i'm like yay 
this this is what it's all about it's about showcasing black excellence and i love that that's what i do black excellence i have a t-shirt i, I didn't wear it for this interview but i have a t-shirt and one of the other ones wear the black excellence because I, i'm with you on that and that's that's why i say your chapter resonated with me the most because as, as an author as a speaker myself for the last 15 years publishing books Every book I've put out, I've had to ask myself the one question, do I put my black face on the cover of this book or do I hide myself so that everyone else will, you know, people right. will be afraid of it. So something simple like that, that has run my entire business for 15 years where a white author can come out then I didn't even think twice about what's going to go on the cover of their book. Just something that simple, that impact that it has. So when it came down to this, I was like, you know, and, and I made a decision probably four or five years ago that I was going to unapologetically me who I am and I'm black and that's just what it's going to be. Who, whoever's going to receive is going to receive it. So this project was something like, like you said, it's for us, by us. Anyone can can look at it. And, and, and when I set out, it wasn't like, hey, I'm only taking African-Americans to be part of this project. That's just who resonated to it. And I'm like, that was perfectly fine with me because who this is for, it, it, it'll reach who it's for is what I'm trying to say. So I appreciate uh, that. That was what I was looking for. And I'm glad that it resonated with you as well. So before we get out of here, I do believe you have a uh, gift you wanted to offer or did you also uh, want to let people know how they can work with you, get some information, contact with you, all that kind of stuff? Yes, um, I would love to work with people. I work with them. I do um, for organizations. I do diversity training. I can come in and train your organizations. I do uh, cultural assessments where we just start out looking, where are you? Where are, are your, where's your team? And then where do you wanna go? And so working on those kinds of things, I do individual and group coaching to help people um, to move to the next level. But, and then I have developed what I called the uh, real diversity and equity and inclusion framework, which really focuses on the fact that there are certain things that if you were going to get real about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have to do, you know, and so it's about building relationship to being reflective, uh, being responsive, um, engaging with others. It's about assessing and be not only that being your authentic self. Yeah. And then it's about a lived experience based on lifelong process of lifestyle of diversity and social justice. And so I'm offering people and I'm giving an invitation to people to spend a year with me in my mastermind, my Get Real About Diversity mastermind program, where you can work in, if you're serious. And that's what I was like, I don't want people who are not serious because it takes work, because we're talking about changing some mindsets and developing some new skills. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And so this is a 12 month commitment to work on you being your best selves so that you can help the world to be a better place. And so that's something that I do. And so for my free gift that I have for people is my um, pitfalls, real pitfalls of diversity and inclusion. And there are certain pitfalls. And so that is my gift that I will offer people. And so you can contact me at 
wilburnandassociates.org. That's our website. Or you can also contact me at wilburnassociatesllc at gmail.com. And I'm also on social media. I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. So there's lots of ways that you connect with me. But I really am looking forward to working for those people who are serious about making a change, having an impact, and really promoting understanding so that they can be effective advocates and allies to other people. So, uh, so I encourage everyone, if you work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, uh, if, if it's your job, if it's something you want to do, uh, you know, make it more than just a position that, that you're getting a check for. Really do the work to make that impact and that change. So reach out to Dr. Wilburn and she can definitely work with you and help you. I want to thank you uh, for the time today uh, for our interview. I want to thank you for the work you've done with our book. And I'll give you the last uh, words, anything you want to share and, and say before we go. Yes, diversity and inclusion is more than a hashtag. And it's time to get real about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>